Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Missouri families who need government assistance to pay for food rely on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, better known as SNAP. 682,000 Missouri families are part of the program. You might remember it when it was called Food Stamps. The name was changed in 2008 when the program switched to electronic debit cards. But for years, the amount given to families has not changed. For a family of four, the maximum amount is right around $1.75 five per person per meal. That's only just $5 a day. Trying to feed a family for that amount is not easy. Empower Missouri is hoping to raise awareness about the challenges of feeding a family on such a small stipend. Its Mo Snap Challenge invites legislators to attempt to feed their families for three days, spending only SNAP's average allotment. That's $1.33 per person. The exercise can be an eye-opener. Here to discuss the Mo Snap Challenge is Jeanette Mott-Oxford, the Executive Director of Empower Missouri. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. I'm really glad to be here. We're also joined by State Representative Mary Elizabeth Coleman. She's a Republican who represents Arnold and recently did the Mo Snap Challenge. Mary Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. And for those of you who are listening out there, do you rely on the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program? What's your reality managing your SNAP funds? Do they cover all your needs? You can tweet us at STL on air or give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Jeanette, let's start with you. What's the goal of the Mo SNAP Challenge? Well, the the, the uh, SNAP Challenge has been around for a while. The Food Research and Action Center in Washington, D.C. developed this, and uh, Empower Missouri used to be called Missouri Association for Social Welfare. We've done the challenge in the past, probably somewhere around back 2008, 2009, somewhere like that, but we haven't done it in a while. We thought that we should do it this year because for the last several years, um, legislators have introduced bills in Jefferson City that would make it harder uh, to get SNAP. Uh, and um, some of the things that were said in debate about the those bills were really offensive uh, about people on SNAP. Give us an example. Oh, that people are lazy and that they get dependent. Uh, We've even heard some legislators describe folks on SNAP as animals that you don't want to feed or they'll keep coming back for food. And that's just really offensive language. So um, we think that if you're going to have public policy that works, you really need to have it based on reality. What is life like for families living in poverty? So this was a good time to invite people to walk a mile in the shoes of those on SNAP. It's also a great time because there's a bill that would improve SNAP going on in Washington, D.C. right now. It's uh, H.R. 1368, the Close the Meal Gap Act, uh, and it would improve um, the, the program in several ways. It would base the, the amount of food on something called the low-cost food plan instead of the thrifty food plan. Uh, it would let there be a, um, a medical deduction that would help seniors and people with disabilities out because they often have high medical costs. Uh, and it would uh, also allow those that pay a lot for uh, housing because sometimes it's hard to find affordable housing. Um, it would take the cap off of shelter expenses so that those that have to pay a lot for housing get some more stamps because they're paying so much for housing. Um, so uh, we think it would probably raise uh, uh, the average benefit in Missouri from the $1.33 that it was in June to more like $1.73 per person per meal. And that could matter a lot, especially in terms of things like getting fresh fruits and vegetables, things that people can't always afford to buy. 40 cents could go a long way. Yes. So you launched this uh, challenge this year. And Mary Elizabeth Coleman, you are one of the legislators who signed on to give it a try. What made you decide to participate? Sure. So I have to tell you, um, I'm really proud of the public and private support for our communities that are in need. 
I think it's vital role of society. I think that it's incredibly important. And as a kid, I was a recipient of the WIC program as well as free and reduced lunch. So, um, and, and the WIC is a federal program for needy yeah, families. That, that's right. It's, I think my understanding of it is it's very similar to the food stamp. Uh, SNAP program where it's administered at the state level but funded by the federal government. Um, you might be able to correct me on that, Jeannie. <laughs> that's, <laughs> correct. That right? that, that's correct. Yeah. That's correct, Mary. You, you yeah. got it right. Okay. So, um, so I wanted to do it because I wanted to see one if I could. We have a large family. I have six children. Um, I think that one of um, my because I have a big family um, and because looking at sort of the way I shop and meal plan, I didn't know how I'd be able to do this change over three days um, to feed my entire family. And so the way the challenge was presented was, you know, family of four for three days. And I thought, well, I'm not really going to be able to see what that's like because it's just not analogous to, to my life. So I'm going to extend it to a week. I'm going to make sure that it's you know, really what we would get for our family. Um, it didn't, although we would qualify for WIC if we were um, receiving SNAP benefits, I didn't deduct, you know, the cheese and the milk and the um, formula, which we bought with the challenge. I just thought we'll just keep it pure. And I have to say, I know that um, advocates talk a lot about access to fruits and vegetables, but the thing that I found the hardest to figure out was how to get enough protein. Mm-hmm. I have five sons. I have, um, they're growing teenagers. Oh my. (laughs) And and so the protein for me was the piece that trying to figure out how to get enough um, to keep them really full. Because meat is so expensive. Um, That's right, meat is, well, protein in general, right? So I was able to do some some beans and legumes and some other things like that, but really meat's expensive. And so, um, and I also saw that, one of the things that was really tricky was I ended up buying things that were not the cheapest at a, a unit price, mm-hmm. but was cheapest at the dollar price because that's the allotment that I had. And so, you know, by being able to buy food staples, I, you know, I could have bought a 20 pound bag of flour. It would have been a lot cheaper to make the bread, but I, I couldn't afford that. So I bought a five pound bag or <laughs> peanut butter or, um, you know, even the refried beans. And so I, I thought that that was really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I, I will say, you know what, I, I cheated a little bit, too. I had how, son, how, how good of um, you to acknowledge this on the mm-hmm. air. I'm, I'm impressed, Mary yeah. Elizabeth. <laughs> well, I feel like if you're going to do it, let's be transparent. Absolutely. So, um, we love that about I, how you did it. Yeah, well, so my son burned his hand. Mm-hmm. on um, the stove. He crawled onto the counter and touched the stove. He's a typical two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I love Coca-Cola. I love, love, love Coca-Cola. And uh, I didn't buy any for the week that we were doing the challenge because I didn't want to spend the money. I couldn't have fed the family if I had bought the soda. And so I didn't have any. And when we came back from the emergency room with my son, I stopped at the gas station and bought a Coke and a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> you needed that treat. I just needed that treat. And I think, you know, so many times we demonize people for making those kinds of decisions. And, um, and, and really, people who are receiving benefits are people in our community, and, and they, are, they are our neighbors, they are our friends, they are our loved ones. They're us, right? So yeah. I think it's really important that we have that perspective um, and that we don't demonize people for their choices that they make. Because if I had had a month's worth of 
money on my debit card, I would have bought I would have bought the Coke, right? <laughs> um, and I see Jeanette I really nodding. Um, Jeanette, you've yeah. heard these kind of arguments about. Well, right. One of the, one of the things that you did there that I think illustrates a real challenge that that people living in poverty have is you can't buy the big bulky amounts sometimes because if you if you buy in quantity in order to get the lowest unit like per ounce or per quart cost or whatever, um, then you don't have enough money left over to get the other things that you need. And a lot of people that are that, that poor don't have transportation, so they can only buy enough groceries that they can carry because mm, they're going right. to be walking with it. And, and if you don't have a nice trunk of a car to put some bags in, you're limited in what you can shop to what you can manage to pack. And if you're trying to hold a toddler's hand at the same time, boy, <laughs> it is just really hard. Pe- people just don't admit sometimes how hard it is to make it on the dollar thirty-three per person per meal on average. You know, the other thing, too, that I think is worth mentioning is that Missouri has an incredibly low cost of living. Mm-hmm. So I was able to, if you look at my menu, I didn't, you know, there wasn't cheating on that part, right? Just I had the Coke and the soda and the candy bar. But um, we were able to make it work. But there are some other advantages that I have that everybody doesn't have. And I think that that's worth mentioning as well. You know, we've got, um, I know how to meal plan. I know how to feed a family without prepared foods. And this is not to knock my mother. She's a fabulous mother, but she doesn't know how to cook, right? Mm-hmm. Like she, we, we grew up on hamburger helper and canned vegetables. And, um, and that wasn't something that was within my reach um, within the budget. And, and luckily, I know how to do these things. But it also does take a significant amount of time um, to do that was not something yeah. that I would have been able to do during session when I'm working an equivalent of, you know, all the time. <laughs> right. That's a really good point. Yeah. The food stamp program does assume you prepare all your meals at home. Yeah. And that's something that not a lot of families today do. Mary Elizabeth, I want to get back to your challenge in a minute. But first of all, I want to introduce, we've got our third guest here today. Uh, that's Shivana Spratt. She's a stay-at-home mom who relies on SNAP benefits to feed her 18-month-old child. And so what's kind of an exercise for politicians is something that's her reality. Shivana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Shavanna, you and your daughter get $353 a month in benefits. Is that enough to pay for everything that the two of you need? No, not really. Um, Honestly, um, she has a a special diet. She's actually gluten-free. And if anybody is aware of how gluten-free works, the food is more expensive. So she Um, has a gluten allergy. She has food allergies. Oh, okay. Plenty of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So everything that I have to uh, buy for her is usually more expensive. To give you guys kind of an example, the milk that she takes, she has a, 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 she's allergic to dairy, excuse me. And she takes a milk that's called pea milk. Um, It's at Deerbirds, which is five miles away from my house, that I have to travel just for the milk alone, is five forty nine a bottle. Oh wow, she that's a uses lot more expensive than regular milk. A lot more expensive, and she uses I I would say maybe four bottles um, a week um, on just the milk alone. Um, so coming out, I don't know if my math is that good, but I would say like thirty dollars. You know, with uh, I would say about thirty dollars a week on that, um, and that's. Or twenty five dollars a week on that. That's a hundred dollars um, taken away from just our to 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 get the other stuff that we need. And the benefits that you don't that you get, you don't get any sort of extra add on because you're dealing with these food allergies. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Shavana, how long have you been on SNAP? Um, so I uh, started using um, or qualified when I was eight months pregnant with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working. Um, 
and I had to go on leave because I had high risk pregnancy. Um, and so eventually that turned into me losing the job, um, not working and me staying at home because not only, you know, when you do work, you have to think about childcare. Um, and the expense of childcare, unfortunately, is so high <laughs> that I've had to stay at home for the moment. And that's been the best way to equip with taking care of my daughter. And, Shavanna, um, you were listening when Jeanette um, said some of the terrible things that she's heard people say um, in the state legislature about people who are on these benefits. What was going through your head when, when you heard those comments? Um, it was hurtful. Because um, you honestly, you think about it, like, when you do have to go to the stores and you have to swipe that card. Like, I I, I second thought about even coming to this interview and putting my, bus- my business my business out there mm-hmm. because I felt people would judge me um, right. based on, you know, one part of my life. Um, just the comment alone of if you feed them, they'll come back. Like, like we're, we're animals. Like, like, that's ridiculous. Like, no, I, I'm doing this so that my daughter can survive. Um, it's something that I need to, sh- to help her survive. And when I am stable... I will, you know, I'll be off of it, and hopefully, I'll sustain, be sustain, sustain the stability to not go back to it. But if I need it, and I think people judge when they're sitting on high seats, like you don't have to deal with it, but you never know when your life will come when you would have to need something. And so, if it's there for people to utilize when they need it, it's important, you know. It's, we actually talked to another SNAP recipient, uh, Rye Jaden Patrick, and uh, they talked to us about some people's reactions to this program. People give those of us on SNAP so much grief, as if people who are under the poverty line don't deserve to eat simply because we are under the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And they don't know a person's life story. They don't know that the person in front of them that has the produce and the meat is, like, diabetic. Like, they expect us to eat, like, generic foods with, like, government-issued labels on them. Because I've heard these conversations before. And that's not how life works. A lot of us have medical health issues or children that have autism that are picky eaters. And we have to get these things because they're not going to eat anything else or we can't eat anything else. And I just feel like we sh- people shouldn't be judged because they're eating. People need to eat in order to survive. That's Reed Jaden Patrick of St. Louis um, talking about their experience and some of the judgment they've gotten. Um, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, do you feel like when you were trying to, to feed your family using just these funds, um, I know I could tell from what you posted that you really had thought out some meals that looked pretty tasty, but was it harder to get the kind of stuff that we all look forward to eating? You know what was really hard was that in the refrigerator, I have things like ranch dressing or ketchup or those condiments. And and those are things that, you know, if you're just really trying um, to stretch your food budget, you you may not have on hand or cinnamon, right? So like I was, I planned on making French toast casserole and ended up not making it because the kids weren't going to want to eat it without cinnamon. (laughs) And so I was like, well, okay, we're not going to do that. Um, I... I think that, again, just kind of going back to some of the the privileges that I've got or the how fortunate I am is that I do have some standard dishes that I know that the kids will eat that are, you know, that are pretty low cost. Chris and I have been, uh, my husband and I have been married since we were college kids. I was 21. And um, like I said, you know, we have not always had a lot of resources and we've had to try to stretch our dollars. And, um, and as a kid, I've been on benefits. So I don't know that it's 
I, I, no, <laughs> but but I do think that what was harder was just kind of not having that built up in the refrigerator of the things that you would keep in hand, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Shabana, like I, I saw you nodding when she was talking about the cinnamon. Do you sometimes find yourself like, I wish I could just afford this one thing because this would make things taste better, but I can't waste $5 on that? Yeah, a lot of the times, you know, they say, you know, food is medicine. And so you want to get the right and the good things for your, especially your, your children. But, you know, you look at it and it's like you just can't get that leaner meat because it costs more. Mm-hmm. You have to go get the one that's less, too less fatty, healthy. Yeah. yeah, too fatty. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, you want to get the whole healthy breads or mm-hmm. the, you know, oats and things like that. But you, you can't because it costs more. Right. So you have to go for the dollar bread or the dollar fifty bread yeah, and things like that. Big box of ramen noodles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, and it's sad, you know, because um, then, you know, or like the dollar microwavable dinners that's are big in sodium and we wonder why so many kids are are obese and you know it's unhealthy because the things that they they have like she said we have to eat um and you you can't survive if you don't have enough money to buy the best things you have to get what you can get unfortunately and mary elizabeth coleman you chronicled your journey on twitter uh did you get much of a reaction from constituents or or from just uh twitter people um so i would uh yeah, I did. I got a lot of feedback. I think that, you know, the meme that's like area woman surprised. I feel like my takeaway was like area woman surprised people intent on misunderstanding her misunderstood her. Um, <laughs> I, from both from both sides, you know, that there is um, there is a, a libertarian streak among some people who feel like this isn't the role of government. And I think that having a robust safety net is part of who we are. And if we're um, when you look at some of the benefits of helping people to be able to eat, the amount of return on investment is incredibly high. It's just really, really valuable in terms of personal attainment, personal fulfillment, health outcomes, um, behavioral um, community health. I mean, like it really permeates a the rest of the community if we have members who are struggling to feed themselves. And so um, so I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, I think some on the left thought that my takeaway was, I said, my opinion doesn't change. They assumed my opinion was that it's not enough, you know, an assumption about what my opinion was. And so right. thinking that you because know, you're a Republican, you, you had always been down on on more benefits. That this is not like, I don't think that this is an appropriate use of the government. And so, um so I, I would have phrased some things differently. I think mm-hmm. I would have been more thoughtful into perceptions about the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or benefits in general. And um, I think that that would have helped a lot. I'm listening to this really great book about encountering strangers um, that Malcolm Gladstone wrote and how we we see other people through a lens within our own lives. And, and this challenge really brought that home, I think, that... Mm we assign to other people what we would never assign to us if we were going through it. And I think that's, oh, what, that's a good what point. we're hearing. Yeah. Um, Jeanette, for you hearing Mary Elizabeth detail her mm-hmm. experience in this, is, is this what you would hope that, that somebody might take away from their participation in this? Well, definitely. And and she mentioned return on investment. And, and one of the things that we know is that the nutrition programs that 
that our government has adopted has greatly reduced malnutrition-related illnesses over over the past century. You know, a century ago, you would have found scurvy and beriberi and anemia, you know, rampant in people in St. Louis. Uh, and nutrition programs like WIC and SNAP have, have reduced that a lot. So that's really important. I think it's also important that people not stereotype, like uh, Representative Coleman says, oh, people assume my original position was something that it wasn't because mm-hmm. of the letter after my name. Uh, just as we shouldn't stereotype people on SNAP, we shouldn't stereotype people by their party, and we shouldn't stereotype people just because they're in the legislature. I mentioned that some people said horrible things about SNAP and debate, but not everybody. I mean, there's just a few people that have these bills that that hurt folks, and there's a whole lot of people in the legislature that aren't that way at all. Uh, I would like to thank the 11 representatives that have signed on so far, Representatives uh, Hannah Kelly, uh, Representative Coleman, Representative Bland Manlove, uh, Representative Mackey, uh, Beck, Price, Bailey, Kelly, Unziker, Griffith, and Morgan. So we really thank them a lot. And Congressman Clay and Congressman Cleaver for signing on to a bill to improve food stamps. And we hope we'll see a lot more sign up. Uh, Jeanette Mott Oxford, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, and Shavanna Sprett, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.